How do I age well? It's something I often ponder on. My name is Rosaria Barreto and I want to find out what it takes to live a healthy and happy life as we age. I'm a clinical exercise specialist and for the past five years I've worked with nearly a thousand older adults and as a result have had the chance to talk to a diverse range of happy and healthy and not so happy and healthy people in their 70s, 80s and 90s. And I want to know what it takes to be able to look back and confidently say, "Mm, I lived an amazing life. Why not join me in this exploration on what it takes to live happily and healthily and learn how to age well. Hi, Rebecca. So today we are going to be talking to you about uh, mindset around aging and how to promote better mindset, changing and tackling those limiting beliefs and um, kind of just squashing those stereotypes and that internal ageism that we often have uh, as we grow older. Um, I just want to kind of say that I've got a little bit of a cold, um, so I don't sound super nice. Um, I'm a bit bunged up, so I'm not going to be doing much talking. I'm going to leave that to you, the expert. Um, So firstly, tell me about mindfulness around and mindset around aging. Ah, that's a good question, because I think the main point of aging now is that we have to reframe our mindset about aging. And I think that's super important and not addressed enough so far. And it's something that's cultural, something that, you know, many countries are different, but I would say For the UK, for example, the West, um, we still have a long way to go. And yeah, I think there is, I think there are many ways that we can start doing that. And obviously it's just not gonna switch overnight, but I do think it starts with ourselves that yeah, culture has taught us to be quite negative about aging, but- I'm sorry, uh, how do you think that, so if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 67. Okay, so how has ageing and the mindset, your mindset around ageing affected you um, before you turned 60, uh, maybe in your mid-30s, if you can remember, and and then how how that has evolved? And I don't mean that in an ageist way, I mean like, I don't remember what happened yesterday, so... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I can remember very well in, say, you said my 30s, I can remember being quite ageist myself because, you know, we were, and I've got a bit of a gripe about my education. I hope it's changed since, but, you know, we were brought up in, in a way, you know, women did this, women did that, then they get old. And of course, when I would say in my 20s, even my third, well, in my 30s, retirement was set at 60 for women, 65 for men, or whatever. I, I, I can't remember anymore because it's changed, of course. But yeah, you had this idea that you were just going to relax and disappear. And, and that was going to be the total norm. And of course, as you age, as you age, you don't you don't actually feel any different, unless of course you have a health issue. And I'm not denying that when you get older, 
you know, you can have health issues and we don't do enough to prevent that at the moment because, you know, we still have got in our mindset that we're going to get in ill health, whatever we do, which I don't think is necessarily true. But anyway, well, that's that might be something else to talk about. But uh, when I was in my 30s, yeah, I had a negative mindset about aging. But I think that was, I think, uh, why would I have thought anything different? My mother, who is still alive, she's 93, was someone who was very, I suppose, a good example in the way that she was a total age denial person. <laughs> I think she still is now to a certain extent. Well, she, mm, she's a bit immobile now, so maybe she said, all right, you know, I am old now. So I guess that may have been an example for me because when I turned 50, I, you know, I had a party, I celebrated because I thought, wow, you know, 50, that's quite amazing. 50 years on the planet. How amazing is that? So yeah, party, um, exciting. I thought, oh, I don't look too bad. What's going to happen? I wasn't horribly affected by the menopause, I have to say. So... Yeah, I am speaking from someone who, yeah, obviously physical change changes happened, but I, I didn't have big issues that are much more talked about now. And I, I was someone who didn't sail through it, I would say. So perhaps that made me think differently as well. But Did you um, have a, like a moment in time or a mindset change that went from, I want to age well compared to like that initial, like we disappear after 60 idea. Yeah, absolutely. Because when, when I turned 56, I, and up till then, you know, I, my job, everything, nothing changed. And then when I was 56, first of all, I lost a job that I had become hmm, probably way too used to, which was, what I'd been brought up to get a job for life. I don't think, you know, someone younger would have that mindset to start off with. So that's something different. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement. I think there is this um, traditionally, uh, a, a, this mindset of you get a job and that's it for life, right? Whereas now I think there's, which I think is, is for the better actually, this oh, yeah. idea of, if you get a job and you leave the job, that's fine. Like you can change career paths. You can try different things in life. You don't have to commit to being an accountant for your whole life, you know? And I, I think from a mental stimulation aspect and, and like a life, work-life balance and happiness element, it's so important to keep evolving, keep adapting, keep changing rather than doing the same thing for your whole life. I mean, some people will love it. And I, I do think that's potentially the minor minority, but, um, and I think we're made to, we're made in a way that requires regular stimulation and we're not going to get that from a job that asks the same thing of you every day. I totally agree. I so agree. And that is such an amazing and uh, progressive change. But I didn't come from that mindset, though I had changed jobs a lot because I never knew what I wanted to do. So I ended up in the travel industry and I lost my job. And then I had a breast cancer scare as well. And I remember, well, I, I had breast cancer. It wasn't a big 
deal in as much as I didn't suffer, didn't have chemotherapy, etc. So, however, when someone tells you that, you know, you're programmed to be, oh, what's this all about? Panic mode. Well, yeah, like I didn't expect this. And I remember asking the doctor, well, why me? Because I didn't think that I was a profile, the profile that I'd read about that would have breast cancer. So breast cancer is, has many, many, there's many different types of breast cancer. And he said to me, oh, you're over 50. I thought, oh, what does that mean? And he didn't really go any further with that. And so, you know, I was quite, um, I'm not charmed by that answer. But what it did, these two things that happened more or less at the same time, they put me in a situation where I started listening to negativity, particularly from friends. He said, well, you know, you're over 15, da, da, da. And I like a challenge. And that meant that I wanted to fight it. And I... I immediately started to look for jobs. I got a job, the same sort of thing, but I didn't find it very satisfying or exciting or challenging. And I decided to study as a life coach. And that took me on a different direction. But it was a big step. It was a big step. And that was all. So my life changed quite dramatically from the age of 58. And so what you're saying is that you you had this career change, this moment in life where you're like, I really need to do something different. You had the motivation from the doctor to to change your trajectory um, around like your health. And then you became a life coach, which I think is amazing. I think life coaches are brilliant. Um, and my mum's my mum's a trained life coach and um, she's like my absolute like role model. Um, and and what I've learned from life coaching is that one, everybody needs a life coach, and two, you need somebody help somebody else somebody else to help you change your thought your thought processes around everything because it's all conditioned into you. Whether it's society, whether it's your parents, whether it's somebody like a, tra a mini trauma or a, a large trauma that's happened in your life, and then you believe that 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 that's an actual fact when in fact it's not. Um, so you had this change. You've become a life coach. You've written a book called Forward After 50, which is about uh, changing your mindset after 50. And I guess that that kind of matches your journey. Mm. How does someone go from believing that because you're old, that's it, like your health just naturally deteriorates? Um, you can't you you can't do what you did when you were younger, which I completely disagree with. Um, you you can no longer move the same way, which I also disagree with <laughs> because I, I see people in their 70s and 80s, 90s who are stronger than I am and I'm in my 20s. So um, I don't think it has anything to do with age. It has everything to do with the way that you behave and the way that you think and your lifestyle. Absolutely. I, I agree. And it's quite interesting because the other day, I was at a book event and someone came up to me and said, oh, well, I'm 51. And yeah, well, you know, I'm over 50. And like what she projected to me was that her life was going downhill from then on. 
But it's a choice. I think we have a choice. And it's a choice that actually comes from within and our own ageist views. Because we, we are, um, we focus on the negativity. <laughs> That's a natural human leaning. And so you do have to fight that. But it is all there. I, I do believe, though, that, you know, for example, you talked about exercise and movement. I do think the outside world could be a little bit kinder so that people who perhaps have never exercised and they find themselves 60 or whatever or older, if you whatever, that they don't feel they're going to be judged for being an older person and maybe incapable. I mean, I do think it's up to us to be capable and have an open view. But, you know, there are a lot of um, uh, sports clubs that might be giving the idea that it, they are only for uh, a younger, more sporty type of person. Is that something that's coming from your own experience? Well, not really, because I've always done sport. <laughs> uh, so for me, but I do notice, I notice more and more. I mean, I live in France, so there are a lot of, it, everywhere is different. And a city might be more open to a small little village, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been in one place and seen, you know, pictures of, huge muscly men everywhere and you know what's that to do with me oh definitely it's it's i think that like the narrate the societal narrate narrative around uh aging and exercises like there's there's not enough representation um for older people to exercise and um we need more role models i, I absolutely agree and marketing tailored to people over the age of 50 and 60 because the marketing for somebody my age is going to be completely different and not I, I don't think that's an ageist thing I think that's just a upbringing thing and a different time of the world and you know like it's it's just it's just how life is right and unfortunately so back in the 50s and before I want I want to say the 1940s exercise wasn't something that was uh, particularly promoted for women um you've got that that gender uh, discrimination element coming in where men exercise they had sports but it was very frowned upon for women to exercise and not until kind of like the 60s 70s 80s were then women encouraged and had more opportunities to exercise so you've one got this um years and years and years of not being encouraged to that exercise but also no research or science promoting exercise from a health perspective and then as that as that research has come out it's super super slow to adapt to older generations and like how uh strength training affects sarcopenia and how um you need to exercise from a younger age so that when you're older, you're not struggling with maybe a spi spinal dis uh, injury or discomfort or back pain or um, lung health conditions and different things like that. So I think definitely in the last five years, we're seeing much better improvements around the way that we perceive exercise in later life. However, 
Um, there's so we've got so much to do. We've got so far to go in terms of what's offered and access to exercise for older adults. And and considering that not everybody is going to be able to do the same thing. At there, there are genetic factors that come into play. So you could be a very active person made throughout your life but then you have a long-term health condition that's completely out of your control as you kind of said like you, you didn't fit that profile for somebody who should have a should have been diagnosed with breast cancer um and then you you move on from that to say okay I've done everything that I need to do we need to now adjust the way that I exercise all my lifestyle and, and there I don't think that that foundationally exists yet um so I want to go back to uh, kind of maybe offering some advice to to me and and other people out there around what practical steps we can take to change our mindset about around eternal ageism um and also promoting a better thought process around how we see ourselves in the future I think first of all how we speak is really important and the words we use and that's everybody older younger whatever uh, because we say an awful lot of things that are ages I still find myself sometimes saying something go whoa stop because you know, it's in our vocabulary. You know, when people say, oh, I'm having a um, a senior moment. That's <laughs> such, such a gross thing. But people say it and they laugh. You know, they you, they think it's funny because, it, but, mm, I, you know, you can become what you say. Yeah. And I find it really hard talking to my friends because all my friends are ageist. And I'm like, well, I work in, I, I have to say this to them. Like when we go to parties or drinks and we're talking about things, I have to say to them, I'm sorry, but I work in, I'm a very, I'm pro age and I work in an industry where I'm working with older adults and everything you're saying is a load of rubbish. So we either continue to talk about this and you change what you're saying, or we can't talk about this because we're going to argue. <laughs> but I mean I try to encourage people to change their mindset but people do just brush it off especially young people and I think that we need to re-educate from a young age and I think that comes from schools and parents absolutely and and uh, you know it is people older people as well because they have to notice their own ageism too you know not fall into that uh that something that we yeah we've been accepting too much. I also think intergeneration, I mean, uh, is something that's super important. And it's not, it, it, it's a difficult one, I think. It's not something really? we're particularly used to, but I think it might solve a lot of the mindset about aging. Yeah, absolutely. Because when, like I, I one of the reasons I am personally wouldn't classify myself as ageist or I'm more aware as of ageism is because I work with people over the age of 60. So I really understand people. And I, I've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of conversations with people over 60. So I, I've got empathy. I've been able to develop skills and un, a much deeper understanding of, of how we age and, and actually like identifying that, Oh, well that that's not true then. So this person is 90, they're still able to drive, they're still able to go, go to the gym, they're still able to do a burpee, they're still able to clean their own house. Like, 
that's not true that's an idea that we've created you know and as a result of that i think that's what we should start promoting is physical independence in later life rather than the idea of oh we just sit back and relax and it's just part it's just a part it's that excuse you know that we tell ourselves oh it's just a part of aging oh, oh yeah now i'm 60 oh that, that's it you know it doesn't work like that but at the end of the day if we're not talking about it and we're not sharing that experience from an intergenerational perspective who's who's going to know you know like how do we know that how are we made aware of that so i want to move on to your i'm just reading the blurb of your book um or a little a little piece and it says reclaim your superpowers stop people pleasing and embrace aging after 50 and beyond what would you say to somebody who's just turned 50 and they're feeling really really low and sad because i think a lot of people get that like whole like that big birthday blues thing um where they can get a little bit um stressed and and low they're like oh my gosh I'm, I'm turning 50 um like what am I gonna do I'm so old it's like this self um I don't know like negative um talk that we tell ourselves and then deep down it really affects us how do we embrace aging after 50 and how do we we go we we change our life because I think after your after your 50s you can have a better life than you did before you were 50 and I think that's something exciting to look forward to Mm, I, I so love that you say that because, um, first of all, we're going to live much longer. And I, I listened to something even today that said there's people on the planet now who are going to live to 150. Well, you know. I believe it. I'm gonna <laughs> live, I know I'm living till I'm 110. And I keep saying this because somebody in like when I'm 110, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you said that. And I'm like, yeah, because I manifested it. <laughs> But I think you will anyway, because, you know, with the, yeah, the, the health and you, a healthy aging mindset to age, you know, there'll be medicine, of course. There's a lot of uh, scientific research into eliminating some of the diseases that go with aging. So what I would say to someone coming up to 50 is that actually you're just moving, you're in a transition, you're going to, towards a time where you can start to live on your own terms because you've got you've got wisdom or call it experience you still might make mistakes you know we always we we do we make mistakes all the time and that's something else you know if you're not afraid to fail unfortunately I think I come from generations where we were taught you know failing wasn't something you did but actually if you start to ease into a different mindset the a more I don't want to use the word modern but more progressive yeah I think also from a British perspective we're very hard on ourselves I know that like when I've spoken to Americans they're like well you have a very European mindset and I'm like oh what does that mean and they're like you're so hard on yourself and I'm like oh yeah you're right like why am I so hard on myself for failing or making mistake and I think that's so true Mm, I think age is not an excuse to stop. I think it's a good place to start something new and exciting and to profit from, you know, the life that you've had, uh, particularly people who are 
my age or coming up to 50. I think people of your your generation sounds a bit of a naff sort of expression, but what we talked about before, how you will have more experiences, be more open to go into different jobs, different careers, different things and my generation was not like that at all and I think that's a great opportunity for women I talk about women obviously men and women but I'm a woman so I base it on that is that there is there will be career opportunities and actually we have to work you know we're gonna there's gonna be so many of us over 50 over 60 we better get our skills together and start to do things that we want to do maybe create our own businesses there's lots of opportunities so much. yeah absolutely i i I'm, i think i'm totally on the same wavelength as you from that point of view and i think more people need to understand that like you work so hard you literally go i think you like go to school from like the age of five right so you're learning from the age of five for the reason to obviously be a full-rounded person but not really in the UK I don't think that's the way the education system is designed but um and then you go straight into school and you have to study and the reason you study is because you have to get a job and so you work and work and work and work and I think I, I definitely believe in work-life balance and that we're not just supposed to work and then when we retire we can enjoy the fruits of our hard work I very much believe in a balance of enjoy work and also enjoy like where you are in life but a lot of people have that mindset of like I just need to get a really good job so that I can retire it now it's I think it's 70 um or 75 and um and that's it so they're so they're literally working their butts off until they get to that point but you no one guarantees that you're going to reach the age of 75 the average living age for a man is 80 in the UK is 84 and the average living age for a woman is 86 and um like, if you just think about that, if you retire at 70, that gives you, like, 10 to 20 years of enjoying, like, 70 years of hard work. And that's ludicrous, <laughs> right? Like, what is the point of, like, working your butt off and not enjoying life to then hope that you live long enough with good health to be able to enjoy the money that you've made, right? Um but anyway, I could talk about that. I'm very, very, I'm a big believer in work-life balance. <laughs> and I and I completely disagree with the whole, like, um, never to take, never taking time off. I had to unfollow someone from LinkedIn yesterday because they were like, I'm like, like promoting the fact that they're not taking any time off Christmas because they're a founder and they're working really hard. And I'm like, no, this is not the way that we should be working. People need time off. You need to switch off. You need to like the whole reason you become a founder in the first place as a business owner is so that you can enjoy life right like I mean that's the majority of people like it, like whether you're a self a sole trader you're self-employed whether you run a huge organization the ambition it like for most people I know some people love it because they just love it they love the work they love the grind but most people do it so they can make enough money to go on holiday and enjoy a champagne lifestyle and like have those like finer things in life um so just to kind of close off if we were to read or buy your book, uh, I mean, you have to buy the book to read it. So <laughs> um, if we were to do that, what do we gain from it? What What would you say? I mean, I'm sure everybody will interpret it differently. Um, but what was your your goal for when you were writing it? Um, my goal 
and I think that you would get this if you read my book, is that you will realize that you are a force to be reckoned with and you can age positively. And if you age positively, that's the key to being able to do a lot of things that you would like to do, but also to share with other people. You know, I think that uh, as you move on in life, sharing with other people, even if it makes a difference to a few people, then that's really important. And you bring your own wisdom and your experience, you know, and that's how we evolve and hopefully move to a good place. And healthy aging. Yeah, healthy aging. That's super important. Yeah. Particularly as you get older, this worry about too much worry about the exterior where you should be concentrating on the interior. Yeah, absolutely. And the mind as well. Like, I think that comes within the interior element of it. But like, it's also it's also very much about like how you think of yourself and, and the way you think of yourself would then filter into your behavior and then the way other people see you behave and it's that whole cascade of events well thank you so much for talking to me um so your book is called forward after 50 the rise of reinventors and if you want to buy it on amazon um you can um so maybe a late christmas present because this podcast won't be coming out till after christmas <laughs> unfortunately um but it looks like an amazing book and definitely one for somebody who's turning 50 um, maybe over the age of 50 or somebody who is just really really interested in uh, pro-aging changing your mindset around aging and moving forward with that uh, optimistic uh, way of life my name's rosario barreto and thank you so much for listening to how to age well if you've enjoyed the podcast i really appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a review Your feedback means so much and helps others to find out about how to age well.